Hello and welcome to Cool Stuff by Simplified. My name is Gurjot. My name is Michael. Today we have Danny Lele. Nice to meet you guys. <laughs> nice to meet you, Daniel. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you very much. I'm pretty exhausted, but I'm, I'm very, very good. Yeah. To start this off, let's start with a... Can you give us a 30-second summary of what you do and why it's cool? Okay. So, uh, I'm the CEO of a dynamic young startup full of brilliant young guys, and I'm responsible for setting the vision and keeping their backs free to do an amazing product that's going to help a lot of people. So that's really amazing. We have a real chance to do something really amazing in a great team. That's why it's cool. What's your product about? Um, we are in the infusion, the delivery. So if you're in a hospital and you get a drug, you get it through an infusion set. And the pumps today, uh, they have no way of actually measuring how much is flowing inside this infusion tubing. So they just pump blindly, not knowing mm. what ends up at the patient side. And uh, we have developed an integration for flow sensing in the, this infusion device so we can measure actually how much is flowing through the tubing. And this allows us to make a much simpler device, a much smaller device, a much more reliable device. Uh, so today those pumps are beeping all the time. They're huge. They need the power cable to the wall and we can make a nice, small, very elegant device that just works. And um, we say we convert a PlayStation into an iPod with the same <laughs> functionality. Could you explain that? PlayStation into an iPod? So today they're the size of a PlayStation. Okay. Oh, and so after like just, we, okay. we offer them the functionality and the size of, a, of, of an iPod. Yeah, it does seem like a lot of medical equipment are just huge big boxes that are really ugly and yeah. cumbersome. Yeah. Well, there is a big trend going to usability, but that's totally the case if you look at it. But there's a huge trend going to usability also in the medical device area and the norms and regulations are actually asking more and more for, for this and I think that's very nice and some companies are doing a better job than others mm -hmm. um, but we want to be one of those who do a really good job and yes. we're in close contact with nurses now um, getting this input. It's, it's not easy, you know. It's, it's yeah. Could you just tell me what was the old technology? You said it just blindly pumped blood or whatever through to the patient. So mm -hmm. there's no monitoring at all or do they just kind of guess how much was going no, in? There is monitoring, but not of the flow, but of the pressure okay. of, of the tube. So they have a pressure sensor. Right. So if something completely blocks at the end, the tube is slowly building up the pressure like a balloon. Yeah. And uh, when a pressure limit is reached, the pump starts to beep. Yeah. But now um, this takes a while. Okay. So if you have very low flow rates, for uh, if you have a very strong drug and a small patient, for example, for, for little babies, yeah. if uh, you deliver the drug very slowly and something happens at the end, it takes a long half time. an hour, an hour, oh, maybe wow. even more than an hour for the pump to actually detect that there is this pressure limit reached, you know. Yeah. And that's going to be dangerous, I imagine. It could be dangerous because right. the, so the, the patient doesn't get reach means the drug's no longer going inside. Exactly. Yeah. Because there's a blockage at the other end. Exactly. It's like, you okay. imagine like you have a, a uh, a long hose and you stand on the end and then yeah it but it's a very flexible hose so it, it, it you know it, it uh, builds up the pressure and then when you feel the pressure reach the limit mm -hmm. you you sound the alarm and so what you want to be you want to be you want to put this level as low as possible to have 
the alarm as quickly as possible yeah. in those old devices. Mm -hmm. But when you put it as low as possible, if the patient shakes the arm, for example, and there is a, a pressure change, it'll stop beeping. Exactly. The alarm is triggered <laughs> as well. So that's why those pumps, they beep very much. Yeah. And actually, there are studies saying that nine out of 10 alarms are nuisance alarms, just oh. actually annoying the, yeah. the nurses. You know, this is, if the, an actual alarm that is important happens, you are, it's called alarm fatigue. You ah, are, you're so, like, it must be not just another nuisance alarm. Exactly. Ah, so people crazy. get used to nuisance alarms and then they don't react to the critical alarms. So that's... How long has this been going on? It has been going on for uh, a long time. Like, um, actually it has been so critical that in 2010, the FDA, the American, the federal... Uh, drug, drug administration. Drug administration. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Um, they have started the Infusion Pump Improvement Initiative. So that's like really the governmental, uh, you know, the, the body yeah. saying, guys, we have to change something. And they have issued uh, letters of warning to pump manufacturers. They have given out guidance documents. They have also, there was a big recall okay. in, in, in this time where a pump manufacturer had take, take back all of the pumps. You know, mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a big thing. It's like the, the Volkswagen yeah. uh, scandal with the- Of medicine. The gases of medicine. Yeah. <laughs> but this actually in the time, of they did this study when they started this infusion pump improvement initiative it has been done because of the outcome of a study this study looked at all the five years before what kind of reports did they get and they had 87 of those callbacks you know not such a major one yeah. but 87 in five years that's a lot this is really much so yeah. there has infusion pumps have always been an issue in the hospital to be fair you know those pumps have done a, a very good step, have done a, a very good service also in hospitals because they allowed um, the doctors or the nurses to run a program and then leave the room. You know, you don't have to have this drip yeah. infusion, you know. There was a big step that they changed. They allowed many new kind of therapies, but they also came with some disadvantages. So now we are trying to uh, learn from the lessons there and make a better product. So could you describe your product? What's the technology difference that you've brought around? In so, uh, yeah, I, I can't go much into detail, obviously, we're a yeah. young startup, you know, we have... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, j just as simply, so you said the previous monitoring was by looking at pressure. Mm -hmm. So what have you changed? Now? We monitor the flow. We monitor the flow. We actually measure the flow inside the tube. And this is tricky because the flow is very slow. Yeah. In, 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 for infusion, you know, you can, you know those infusions with the drip yeah. dripping down, you know, if you have yeah, low yeah. flow rates, it's like one drip every 30 seconds. That's extremely low. You know, mm -hmm. you cannot put just a, a wheel in, into the water and, and see, the wheel won't spin. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's really slow flow. So to measure this flow, this is tricky. You have to okay. uh, do, uh, you have to know much about sensing, you have to know much about uh, signal, uh, mm -hmm interpretation you know yeah and this is the tricky part and we have uh, we are measuring the flow yeah. in this and are you already uh, putting it to use in some places like test um that's the interesting part of being a medtech startup you know because you cannot just <laughs> you, uh, can't just put, yeah. you can't just do a uh, you can't just put up a home page and then people are gonna yeah i mean not on a patient but how, how do you test it then of course exactly. you don't uh, straight away put it to a patient exactly and that's a very interesting thing because you still have to try to be as early out as possible. So yeah. what we do is we, we build mockups um, with an user interface. For example, we made uh, this 
basically it's just a mock-up with an iPhone 5 inside, you know, and you have, it looks like an infusion device, mm -hmm. and you, we, we printed a, a paper on top of it, that the buttons were printed onto the, the paper, and then if you press the paper, the iPhone below yeah. recognizes the touch, and we made a user interface on, on this, and then we gave it to nurses and said, what do you think of this infusion device? Yeah. And they all thought it's an actual working infusion device, you know, so oh, okay. <laughs> from that, this we got the input on the user interface. So either your device is really cool or the nurses are really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the good thing is that you have always an idea, you know, when you, you always think like, oh, it should be this and that way, you know, but you have no idea how it actually looks like in the hospital. And, yeah. and when you get this uh, information and you give it to them and they don't get it, you know, yeah. you made a mistake, actually. I think that's really important. That's, uh, yeah. yeah. Now, was this technology made at ETH during your time um, there? Mm, the, the thing is, we are loosely based on, so we are all, we, we have a background in sensing technology and mm -hmm. we're from the company Sensirion. Okay. Oh, it was okay. an ETH spin-off, you know, and a yeah. very big success story. So, um, and uh, at Sensirion, there's flow sensing is a, a big topic and this was developed at ETH. So we are very loosely, but um, we are attached to ETH. We are, we are kind of working on this, still on this technology developed there. Wait, can you give us some more context on Sensarion? Mm -hmm. So you said it was a huge success. Yeah. Tell, tell us about it. So Sensarion, I don't know if you are familiar with them, but they were founded in 1998, I think, by two guys. Wow, uh, okay. Um, from Maurice Lechner and sorry? From ETH, both of them. From ETH, both of them. They were uh, two ETH PhDs. Okay. And their PhD, this they did flow sensing on a silicon chip so the cool thing is that uh, you can combine the sensing element and all the signal processing and, and, and everything on a, on a small silicon chip you know yeah. and they did this for flow sensing and i think also for uh, i'm not sure maybe you know correct me if i'm wrong or correct me yeah. later <laughs> yeah. that's when I'm wrong. but um uh, they did flow sensing and the measurement of humidity humidity measuring okay and um the cool thing is, before then, in, in the time, a sensor, a digital sensor for humidity and temperature was the size of, of a pen. Okay. And when they were done, you know, after their thesis, it was the size of a breadcrumb. So it <laughs> <Nice>. was extremely <laughs> small, you know. Wow. Yeah, and, and uh, this was because they could combine all this technology on a silicon chip. Yeah. And they took use of this big uh, technology, you know, all the, the chip manufacturers, uh, all this semicon industry, the semiconductor industry is huge yeah. and it's getting better every year and better like, in huge steps, you know, and they could take advantage of this and uh, put technology on a small chip and this is a big, big, big change in the whole world of sensing. Because if you have a, a small sensor like this, you can put it everywhere, yeah. you know, yeah. you have yeah. completely new applications. Yeah. And now you're trying to apply the same thing, but on Infusion. Well, uh, um, what we are... Uh, What's in Syrian is what well, they do great, and then they are. Um, so the, the the story, you know, within fifteen years there were six hundred people voice. company. You know, huge big, 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 big success story. Yeah, that was very nice. Was there. Oh, your roommate works yeah. there. <laughs> Sorry, your roommate works there. Yeah, yeah. It's in Syrian. Yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> no, they were also voted second best employer of Switzerland, so they are doing a good wow. job. Cheers. And um, so. But what they are is a technology-driven company. You know, they have many, they have much research there. Big percentage of their turnover goes into research, and they develop new sensing technologies very much. And what we try to be is a market-driven. You're creating products. 
Yes. Yeah. Based we, on the technologies that what you guys researched before. So we know much about technology. You know, we are all engineers. Yeah. But what we want to be is really close to the customer. We really, we actually, if you're technology driven, basically what you do is you're uh, you're in a in a lab. You develop something really cool. You know, and it's crazy that it works. And then you go out and say, <laughs> okay, where can we place this? You know, like Sincere, they made this really cool sensor. And then they go out and say, where can we? Put this, where can we use this sensor, you know? And what we try to do is we talk to people in the market and they say they have this problem and we go back and we say, how could we most easily solve this? Yeah. Nice. Without even thinking of technology, you know, just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. what's the simplest solution to their problem? So we try to be a market-driven company and they are a technology-driven company. Mm. That's, that's what we want to be. That's pretty cool. We, we try to be a low-tech, market-driven company. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's even not so nice to say, but... Uh, you know, you should always find the simplest solution yeah. for a problem. Yeah. Where did you get the idea for working, like creating a new blood infusion device? Uh, so this was actually because I was in sales mm-hmm. and I talked to nurses and... Uh, and uh, you, went, you were selling? I was selling those sensors, those flow sensors, you know, and then I oh, talked to, uh, okay. to, to nurses, to pump manufacturers and um, well, yeah, then we got the idea of... Uh, doing something on our own and mm-hmm. we talked to our CEO back then and said um, you know we we should do a device you know we shouldn't do a sensor we should do a device and he said yes but we are a sensor company that's a nice idea but we are a sensor company if you want to do this do it outside you know yeah. and, and uh, <laughs> he said he, there are two two hearts in his chest beating yeah. the one heart as a boss yeah. saying it's hard to let us go the other heart as a entrepreneur himself yeah saying go for it guys you know it's a good experience yeah. that was nice so with this blessing we uh, started one fusion when did you start that was 2015 in june yeah okay so what like you were just you left the previous job and yeah. then you guys just came together like how many of you were there uh, it was three of us but the other two uh, were uh, only 20% in the beginning mm-hmm. I was 100% in the beginning starting the whole thing and um, we started off in a different way also you know I can't go into detail but uh, we, we when we started many times you know you start with something you have an idea and you really try hard and you, you realize okay it doesn't yeah, work doesn't and the work. same was with us you know only a few months down the road we really found out, you know, okay, that's, we should do it differently and we changed our plan and we, we uh, made a big switch and then we saw, okay, there is something in there and we, uh, then the other two guys, uh, well, the one guy came on board, 100% Jonas, he's the CTO yeah. um, in January 2016 and then in June 2016 we got two more people joining the company and now we're, now we're five people working 100% on the company. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Could yeah. you, so we know how tech startups work, you know, like Facebook kind, yeah, uh, online internet based startups, and then yeah. there's social startups, like social entrepreneurs, like things happening at Impact Hub. Yeah. Now you guys are somewhere in the middle, where like it is technology, but meant to be used for say medical aid, right? Yeah. So what's the process for for that startup? I mean, like you said, you started off with an idea, started building a technology. What are the steps? So uh, a really good thing that I can uh, really recommend everybody uh, is uh, getting to KTI because you get a coaching from an experienced entrepreneur. What is KTI? 
KTI is the Commission for Technology and Innovation here in, in Switzerland, here in Switzerland. Okay. and they do a great job in uh, fostering startups and uh, right. you know really providing some infrastructure. There are KTI-funded projects. There are KTI coaches. We have a KTI coach. He has 30 years of experience <laughs> in bringing up medtech startup. You know, he's a serial entrepreneur. Yeah. He's now in his fourth uh, startup, yeah. uh, building it up, and he coached us from the very early days you know and he um well we thought we go out we build a prototype actually you know to be honest we thought we go out we sell a patent you know <laughs> that was actually the first uh, thing or something like this you know and uh, then we thought okay we just build a prototype you know we um but then he said guys you're a medtech company you know so you what you do is you need to establish a quality management system you need to read the norms you need to find your regulations you need to hire the right people yeah. Because you have no idea, you've never built a med <laughs> medical device. And we were like, no worries, you know, Apple has never built a computer before they actually built one, you know. But he was like, no, you have to do it the right order. And uh, this helped us extremely much, you know. Mm -hmm. He really helped us to become actually a medical device company and not just a bunch of uh, hackers. Yeah. And um, I mean, because it's not like building a computer here, you're going to build something that will actually be used for human medical care exactly so it's so, not exactly complete <laughs> yeah. not exactly apples and oranges you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yes exactly yeah. so you mean kti is this an initiative from the swiss government yes and is it designed specifically for med tech companies or technology driven companies i think it's designed especially for technology driven companies or innovative companies i think if you're making an, an home, a home page with when you're just selling something right KTI won't <laughs> But if you make a homepage with uh, some algorithms, you know, yeah. or, or a web-based service, KTI will be the job, yeah. you know. Okay. But, so um, you, you got your coach and he, he guided you to actually start building, like get all these things done. And since then you've been working on building your patent or your prototype or both? Uh, both. Both. Yeah. Both. So, okay. But they work together, right? I mean, you can't just... Yeah. I, I think that's always the thing. Well, you could do things step by step in generally, yeah. but then you're slow. Mm. So you, you, you want to do things in parallel always, but then things become complex because you have cross dependencies and stuff. But that's the, the art. <laughs> that's the game. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the game, managing complexity. And uh, your R&D will always influence your patent portfolio because you're finding out new things, you want to patent them, you know, and the other way around because maybe you would find um, theoretically a a patent that blocks a part of your invention, so you need to work around. And but this also, you can only do with a team. So actually, the the, the thing you want to do things, you shouldn't go out there to make a profit. You should yeah. go out there to make a great product, and then maybe profit comes. And but the great product you can only build with a great team. So that's the other thing. You should find a really really good team. Yeah. Then find a really good problem to solve. That's your product, and this will then in the end hopefully get you a good profit, you know. That's what I say now, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe in five years I'll say, oh man, I would have thought of profit. And, no, but I, I think that's the order that things should go, yeah. you know. So, yeah, so and the pattern comes in somewhere in between and all, all those things come in, in between, but they all go parallel. Mm -hmm. What step are you on now? We are in the middle of product development. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, we are really working hard to get our product to CE mark. This is a CE mark is when you have a MedTech uh, device, you yeah. know, either CE, you know, it's, yeah, a, it's yeah, on yeah. everything. It's CE yeah. mark. It's CE, like CE. 
Yeah, like Charlie Echo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so like yeah. on the back of the iPhone, we can see. Exactly. Yeah. And this exactly. is what some kind of stamp of approval from. Yes, it's a well. It depends on the kind of device that you're yeah. building. If you're just making an electronic device, you can also stamp it yourself and say, "I built this. It's fine," you know. Uh, but if you make a medical product, mm -hmm. you have to get a notified body to yeah. look at your product. It's like an ISO 9001-2000 certification kind of deal, uh, but like for different technology. Actually, not. It's not. Okay. No, uh, the thing is, the ISO 9001 is a general quality mm -hmm. certificate. If you're a medical company, you need the ISO 13485 mm -hmm. certification, but that's for your company. That's okay. just for the process within your company and. For the device you're making, the device is going to have to see stamp. Oh, so okay. if you are a company making a medical device, okay, let's say this way. If you want to sell a device, a medical device, it needs to have a CE stamp. Mm -hmm. To get the CE stamp, if you want to be the company selling it, yeah, you need to have ISO okay. 13485. Okay, that, that makes sense. Yeah. And this CE mark means that you have to hand in the description of your product, the notified body, and that's a guy who, who did this infusion pump his whole life, you know, he's a guru of infusion pumps. <laughs> he's really like Mr. Yoda looking at your, you know, your work and then he says, pass your will yeah. or pass your won't. Good pump this is. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. So exactly. It's, it's, it's kind of like how, how, is it like peer review process for technology? You could say that. You said this guy has been yes. working in, so he's... Yes. Uh, and then additionally to him looking at your files, you have to do some tests in, in the lab and you have to pass those tests. Sure, and if those things work together, and if he says you have, you have a redundant product, you have worked within the norms, you know, it's all fine, it's a safe product, mm -hmm. you can, you also have to show um, safety and, uh, man, it's been a long day with patents. Eh? <laughs> a day of patents. Efficacy, efficacy. <laughs> that's a, that's a word. Efficacy, meaning that your product actually has an effect, you know. Right. If, mm. if you make a safe product with no effect, yeah. That's useless. Exactly. So you have to show oh. both things and then you can get the C mark and right. enter the market. So, okay. And that, so once you've gotten the mark, that's when you start uh, actually producing, mass producing, is it? Like? Yeah. So you have to go through an actual human trial before. No, the good yeah. thing is... Um, well, that really depends. And typically, before you get the e-mark, you have to... Uh, well, the, the thing is, you need to show that you are safe and you need to show that you have an effect. Now, mm -hmm. if you make an implant, for example, you will always have to make a clinical trial before and put the implant into maybe a pig or something yeah. and uh, show that it is safe. Yeah. And then you can actually use it on the human and then you can maybe get the CE mark. And, you know, this is the step that's being done, yeah. but there's something actually happening in your body. But we make an infusion pump that has been uh, shown, you know, it's basically established clinically. We do something different technically. So we are able to get to the market without um, a clinical trial. We can show in the lab that it's safe and it's yeah. uh, reliable and everything. Yeah. How do you guys fund this development? We have uh, investors. Uh, we are we have yeah. shares, you know, we're, we're sh we have share capital of right. investors. So, so what, you guys want to venture capitalists and, or is it a different process what, for you? What was your process? Did so you, you didn't start off with the Impact of Fellowship thing, no? No, we, we no. don't have the Impact of Fellowship, we oh. pay for our places. Okay. <laughs> you just but happen to be here. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's nice, there are more girls than in Technopark. <laughs> <laughs> so, what we've started off, we just, you know, 
we try to use as little money as possible. So we just put together the money we had, you know, working, trying to find out what we're doing actually. And then we threw in all our savings all together, you know, and then just built what we could with this money. Mm-hmm. And this, we worked for nearly a year without external funding. And within this year, we were able to show some things. And with those things, we went to investors and said, now we need money to do those things. And then we found investors, luckily, that was really nice and they were good investors. And um, now we have money to actually develop a product, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, then we go to the next step and then you will have the next fundraising. And that's how it goes. You just get money to develop something and yeah, we have investors, yeah. Can you give us an idea of how much money is required to make a medtech startup? That really depends. That's really hard to say. But with our uh, startup, I would say it really depends what you what you want to do. You know, you really can't say this because, but generally you would need something between five hundred thousand and one and a half million, just roughly in the first round. You know, yeah. to really get something going. You know. But this is really just a number, you know, because... Every depends. Yeah, yeah, because, for example, maybe what if you need a clinical trial? What if you actually have something that needs to be shown in a study? Mm-hmm. A study is very expensive, you know. Then, and if you are, if a company is developing a medical device until they're in the market, it could be like 20, 30 millions just spend money before they even can sell a product. Wow. So, but th- then it, it could even be more. You know, I'm just saying there's, um, if you actually have to show, if you have to recruit 100 patients, show something in them, there's a lot of money mm-hmm. that you need to have. But also sometimes you can build something out of Lego. And, uh, <laughs> and there's this guy, you know, uh, it's a, an American, he's kind of a wonder child, they say he's, I think, 16 years old. He built a prote- an arm. Yeah. With Lego and, and fish wire, you know, <laughs> for a hundredth of the price of uh, input. It's supposed to work really nicely, you know, and he's now giving this away so people can actually yeah. use those uh, prosthetics. So there's the other side, you know, you can just, again, use the simplest solution for a problem in the market. Yeah. What are the biggest cost factors? Like you said, studies are very expensive. What yeah. else is... So you mean for a medtech company? Or you mean Specifically for, for medtech. For medtech, that's a hard question. <laughs> just <laughs> everything's expensive. Everything's really expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, well, I think people are most expensive in general for, for us, you know, so uh, if you, your salaries will be the, the biggest influence, I think. So if you're a medtech company, you can outsource many things. So, you know, you actually, if you're a medtech, big medtech company, you can just actually pay a company to build your whole device, you know. <laughs> so so then, then not your salaries are the most expensive, but actually the company you pay to, to develop it, you know. But if you're a startup, you're developing in yourself and for us and I think for for most people that their own salaries are the, the most expensive so you try to go on low salaries that's why every startup yeah tries to you know pay low salaries yeah cool stuff Daniel let's get to know you a little all right tell us about yourself what do you what are your passions what do you do in your free time uh, do you have any free time? <laughs> working exactly, what's free time? No, but uh, actually we really try to have a good balance and have enough free time. I, um, uh, I like to do sports. I, I like to go hiking. I'm from Austria, so I'm okay. you know, from mountainous, uh, mountainous region. <laughs> and uh, I really like to go hiking. I like to drink beers. 
I like to drink beers while hiking. <laughs> <laughs> but I that also <laughs> yeah, I I I play rugby. Oh nice. Um like, like and, the actual uh, rugby, not the, the actual game. Yeah, no, the actual, the actual <laughs> without protection. Yeah. Um, um, I also play music, so I, I, I learned some instruments. I, I play the guitar, you know, and the ukulele. And uh, I'm also in a little jazz band here in Zurich, but it's uh, just sometimes we play in the street, and I nice. I play the washboard there actually. Wow. You know, <laughs> uh, you know the washboard? It's like. Yeah. You can play like this, yeah. and they're all really good musicians, you know. Yeah. These are guys that actually studied music, and, and then there's you. Then there's me, <laughs> exactly <laughs> on the washboard. But that's the only instrument I could ever play yeah. with them, you know, because they play the the saxophone and the, the piano. They really those are really hard instruments, you know. Yeah. But the washboard you can get the pretty good pretty soon, <laughs> you know. So yeah. that's why I am on the washboard. Do you have a name for this band or something? Uh, they are called the Shikes. The Shikes. Okay. The Shikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a cool name. Yeah. What is one thing that you know that nobody else knows? Wow. <laughs> well, how the inside of my nose smells, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's really that, that's a really tough question because that's like telling someone your brain, your eyes always look at your nose, but your brain chooses to ignore it. Yeah. And then you get so confused because you start seeing your nose then. <laughs> so you just tell someone you know yeah. how the inside of your nose smells. You're like, oh shit. <laughs> because you get really wary of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, uh, uh, other than those, uh, um, only that I know. Man, that's a tough one, you guys. That is a really tough one. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know how to answer that myself. Yeah, I, I tend to tell people things that I found out, you know, that yeah. I really, I, I should keep more things to myself, to be honest, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, more those things, I really just think biologically now, you know, those, those are the kind of things, and uh, yeah, that's like the socially acceptable thing I could say, you know, with yeah. the nose and the mouth, you know, but I, yeah. Oh, well, that's a tough one. Let's just mark that as the toughest question we've ever asked in an interview. <laughs> Have you, it's the first time you asked that question? Yeah. Oh, man. What's the first, what's the only thing you know that nobody else knows? Well, I wasn't expecting it to go back to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, the inside of my nose. Yeah, man, you can my answers. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, uh, before we ask you our pet question, you, you were at ETH, did you see your bachelor's and everything at ETH? My bachelor and my master's. Both. So you were there. Highlight of your experience, what was it? Yeah. It was the exchange semester. Where did you go? Because, um, I wanted to go surfing and I wanted to go somewhere else and then they told me, so I went to the office and said I need to go surfing, I want to go to Barcelona yeah. and exchanging they said man actually the deadline is two weeks over and there's no surf in Barcelona <laughs> <laughs> and, but there's still one, there's still two universities in the place, it's uh, Aachen in Germany yeah. Yeah. and Trondheim in Norway mm -hmm. I was like man, I mean I would have chose but of course I'm not gonna go to Aachen in Germany and I, was, uh, <laughs> I went to Trondheim in Norway and that was the best uh, experience of my whole life, it was amazing wow. yeah. because in Trondheim the, the, whole, the whole student uh, organizations are amazing mm -hmm. so they had uh, a festival up there a one-month festival that's organized only by students. Okay. 1,500 students work together. Wow. Nobody gets paid anything. Yeah. 1,500 people work for free just because it's so much fun and you have to apply there. You have to go through an interview. Well. <laughs> and, and not everybody gets to work for free yeah. for a month. You know? and it like full-time so for a month? 
Yeah, it's not full time. It's maybe like forty percent, forty fifty percent. But you can't really study. Yeah. It. And uh, but it's a festival. David Guetta and Snoop Dogg were the headliners. You know, it's huge. There's a tent for like thirty thousand people, and uh, they have, but they have a full program. So you can buy a ticket for Snoop Dogg with a with a five course dinner before. Yeah. You know, and uh, I was a chef. I was grilling. <laughs> I was grilling reindeer steaks. You know, That's amazing. For the people who want to go to the Snoop Dogg concert. Yeah. And that was so nice. And then you have, you have really nice parties. You know, and. Yeah, yeah, on the last day of this festival, I met my now girlfriend. She was uh, she was a waitress. Okay, you know, it's classic. Oh, that's the, classic waitress. The chef and the waitress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but that was really nice. Yeah. So that sounds really good. Mm. Now closing off, what do you have on your bookmarks bar? So on your browser, there's a bar. Ah. Yeah. 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 <laughs> nice one. I'm uh, that's a nice know. one. Well, I have the top six rugby games in history that I need to watch now because I'm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have also the best TED Talks, uh, according to the guy of TED Talk. I have, man, I have the, I have the patent search. That's how my life has become. But those are the three things I remember, because the TED Talks are really nice and the, the rugby games are amazing. And the patent search is really important. <laughs> mm. Yay. Amazing. Sounds really good. Thank you so much, Daniel, for joining Thanks us. Thanks a lot, guys. We wish you good luck with your startup. Thanks. We need all the luck we can get. And it's, uh, it's fun, been fun talking to you guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you liked it, we'd really appreciate it if you shared it and gave us your feedback. We publish a new episode every week. For more details, visit our website, simplified.xyz.